0: WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, w 249 bc Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. High off the glass. Pretty good move by Alan Griffin, the sophomore out of Brooklyn. Live from Attilio's Restaurant and Bar on James Street, this is the Alan Griffin Show, presented by Davidson, Ford, and Clay. Griffin will hit. Chance for a three-point play.
1: We welcome you live to Ottilio's on James, Stephen Fonsi, Seth Goldberg, Alan Griffin with you for the next hour. And then Seth and I will take you through hour number two of Orange Nation from 1 until 2 o'clock. 315-437-7644. If you have a question for Griffin, uh, after 13 games to open up the season that were decided by double digits, we finally... Saw you guys play a couple of close games, Notre Dame and Virginia Tech, going right down to the wire. How would you assess how your guys executed down the stretch of those games?
2: You know, we got we got some uh, room to make. You know, we got we got to uh, do a lot a lot, lot better um, in terms of execution uh, on both ends of the court, but especially defensively. Uh, defensively, we let some stuff go, and uh, you know, we got to pay more attention to the, the little things.
3: You know, when you look at, at those two games, um, Steve mentioned they're the first two real close games that, that you guys have played, um, do, do you feel like that hurt you in some way, that, that you hadn't played close games before, and, and those games kind of came down to, to crunch time, where maybe some guys didn't have experience in those situations?
2: Yeah, you can look at it that way, but also, too, you know, if you look at all our games, it, it was certain stretches in the game where, we, you know, you lose the game, and um, and uh, when you come down to close games, all that stuff matters, and... and you know, that's the one thing that, you know, coach preaches to our guys every day. Even in practice, certain things matter. Uh, and, um, you know, that's something that we had to learn. And, um, you know, hopefully it makes us a better team moving forward.
1: You know, we saw the the SU women uh, play a really tough non-conference schedule. And they lost a couple really close games. And now we, we've seen what they've done in the last week. They beat Florida State at the buzzer. Then they go out, they rally, they beat Notre Dame in overtime. Um the, the reason I bring it up is they played a bunch of close games lost, and then it's almost like they, they figured out how to, to, to make winning plays in, in, in crunch time and, and find a way to pull those out. Do you subscribe to the theory that teams, especially young teams, need to learn how to win close games? Is there a learning process that goes into it? Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Um, and, and, you know, the one thing uh, when you are, you know, young and, and and your teaching moments come, a lot of the teaching moment comes in practice um, and, and preparing yourself and, uh you know um, understanding that everything matters um, and you know you know with the women I, i've been i was at the florida state game and they you know they did a great job of executing down the stretch uh making big plays and you know the one thing is they they got loose balls um you know they didn't let the other team you know get offensive rebounds like you know down the stretch where you know they try to control what they control and and, and that's what happened
1: since, since I, we're talking about the women let, let me ask you one more question about the women uh Coach Q after the game said that it was called the napkin play that he was sitting in an outback one time and this play came to him an out of bounds play he drew it up on a napkin and and that was the play that they ran to, to win the game on the lob to Emily Engsler. Do you ever find yourself just you know in a, a random moment something comes to mind you're like man I, I got to write this down oh, I got to bring this up to coach oh, de- later
2: oh definitely definitely um, you know we we throw suggestions at coach all the time and you know um, and and when we're talking to coach about plays like that we always try to reference to something that we got that. Similar, but just with a little wrinkle to it. Um, uh, and uh, it was a great uh, play by Coach Q. Uh, I went to his office, and I was trying to steal the napkin. Um, <laughs> and he, I think he has it in a safe place, so I couldn't get the napkin. I bet he does.
3: Well, yeah. You know, I know you were joking about, about stealing the napkin, but how often do you watch a game or watch something and see something and say, Oh, we could, we could do that, or we could do something similar to that?
2: Yeah, all the time. Um, you know, I watch a lot of basketball. I know coach watch a lot of basketball and uh, If you look at our offense, um, it's a little bit of everything uh, and, and, and the one thing about it is is you know Coach is always trying to put our better players in situations where they can be successful and you know, within, you know, with that being said, you, you got to be able to tweak some things and, and, and make up some other stuff. And, uh, and that's why, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame.
1: Let me ask you this about the, the women's game. Well, one of the things that set that up and made that possible was the rule that in the women's game, you call timeout, you can advance, advance the, ball the ball to, yeah. to, to half court, uh, much like they do in the NBA. Right. You like that? Would you like to see that incorporated into, into the men's game? Or do you like it the way it is?
2: You know, I like it the way it is, but, um... It'll make things a lot interesting. It, it, uh, it does. It does, does know, make
1: things interesting.
2: Very, you know, you got three seconds left, and you can call timeout, advance the ball. You
1: know, you I mean, they, they had eight tenths of a second. Yeah, line. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, you, you, you won't get no more half court shots or half court, That's you know, true. stuff like that. But uh, it'll make things very interesting in a, a lot more closer games down the stretch, uh, the, uh, where you can, you know, win on a last second shot like that. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. I, you know, I never, I kind of never looked at it that way. If you can advance the ball or not, but. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be honest.
3: You know, Griff, you said before that that close games come down to any number of little things that happen, any number of you know moments in in a game. Uh, after the game on Saturday, you only had two days to to go ahead and and play uh, get ready before you played Notre Dame. Uh, This time you have a little bit more time. I mean, today is day number two after that game. Um, So you have that extra day, day and a half, to, to get ready for your next game against Virginia. Do you find it, you know... Is it beneficial to you to have those extra practice or two practices to to get things in and, and to say, hey, here's here's that thing that, that we didn't sa- that we didn't do Saturday. We didn't do it again on Tuesday. Let's make sure we get it right for this Saturday.
2: You know, as a player, you want the next game to happen the next day. Um, you don't want to try to think about what happened the night before. Uh, as a coach, you want to take as much time where you can kind of go back. You know, revisit the film, see what happened, you know, get the film in front of the guys uh, and, and, you know, walk through or or go through some stuff in practice where you can make some minor adjustments to stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, a day or two. You know, in between your next game is very beneficial as a coach, but as a player, I know I just wanted to, you know, the the our next game to be the next day after a loss, one hundred percent.
1: You know, we saw against Virginia Tech, uh, the Hokies really got after you guys to, defensively, and, and you've been so good with assist to turnover ratio and, and number of assists of of assists in a game. You know, all season long, you only had six um, on Tuesday night against the Hokies. What was it about what they were doing defensively that? That forced you to put the ball on the floor a lot, and it only led to six assists in that game.
2: They did a great job of locating our shooters, even in transition. If you if you go back and you watch the film, you know Buddy Behan did not have room to breathe. Um, and as we were coming down in transition the closest guy to Buddy was sticking to him, yeah. you know, and Joe you know, Joe had the ball in his hand a lot so it was a little different for him but you know, in, in those situations, Elijah you know, in transition, guys were sticking so it, we weren't able to kind of advance the ball, pass, dribble, pass you know, and, and, and they they did a great job and they did, uh, stuck to that game plan and uh, really did a, a number on us uh, when it came to that stuff so it just forced us to be one dimensional in terms of, you know, driving the ball and uh, playing one on one, which you know wasn't, which is not beneficial to this team here.
3: You know, uh, I was I was kind of wondering about that that thought that you mentioned there. It's, it's not beneficial to to this team. Last year, obviously, you have Tyus Battle and, and Frank Howard and, and O'Shea and guys who who can you know maybe be a little bit more effective than, than the guys on this year's team as far as driving. Um, is is that something that you can? work on with guys in season to, to improve on or is that more of a hey you're, you got to take the summer and you know say uh, I'm going to dedicate the month of July and August to, to working on my you know my isolation game
2: yeah you know uh, guys got to get better um, that, especially for this team that's uh, you know everybody thinks we're just you know jump shooters and, and one thing that we can definitely get better at you know putting the ball on the floor and getting to the
0: basket on Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. High off the glass. Pretty good move by Alan Griffin, the sophomore out of Brooklyn. Live from Matilio's Restaurant and Bar on James Street, this is The Alan Griffin Show, presented by Davidson, Ford, and Clay. Griffin will hit. Chance for a three point play. We're
1: back with you live at goes on James, Stephen, Fonzi, Seth Goldberg, Alan Griffin with you up until 1 o'clock. And then Seth and I will take you through the second hour of Orange Nation from 1 until 2. We apologize for the technical difficulties, uh, Griffin. We were talking about the Notre Dame game uh, when we lost connection. Uh, John Mooney, 28 points, 14 rebounds. He has a double-double in 12 of his... 13 games what is it about him that that makes him so difficult to defend and allows him to to rack up the double doubles the way that he's he's done that
2: you know one you know he's a, he's an older guy you know, like i was saying off the air uh, i think also two, um he does a great job of rebounding his own missed shots um uh, he's quick to the ball uh, but, but he has a great feel for where the ball is going to go especially on the offensive rebounding uh he's always in the right place at the right time and um, and his ability to step out and make you know perimeter shots helps you know helps that and uh, he's a great player and um, you know seemed like a really good guy.
3: You know, obviously, uh, a big man like that creates a, a whole lot of problems. Uh, you know, and, and you know that that's been a a so a uh, problem area for for the team this year. Uh, you know, looking defensively, how would you? How would you assess where where Barama is and kind of how he did on on Tuesday night? It was probably a team that that didn't have somebody like Mooney in in the middle for him.
2: You know, Barama did a very good job on the the boards, um, and he's been rebounding the ball really well for us. Uh, He's active in our zone. Uh, We just need him to be a lot more physical and a lot more, you know, just more active um, uh, on both ends of the court. Uh, We need him to... uh, sometimes put the ball in the basket uh especially when he's around the room uh and he's getting better at it you just gotta just be a little bit more aggressive and more assertive
3: you know when when we were talking earlier about the three-point shooting and and you said virginia tech did a really good job of taking away the three-point shot how much of a a weapon or benefit would it have been to to be able to say all right marek or barama like they're taking away us but but let's get it into you at 12 feet or 8 feet and, and let you guys do something.
2: Yeah, definitely. We, and we want uh, Marek to be a lot more aggressive. Uh, you know, he only took, what, five shots five in that shots, game? Five yeah. shots. He needs to take more shots, especially when teams are playing us as they did uh, the other night, uh, Virginia Tech. Um, we got to – he has to be a lot more aggressive. Uh, he needs to get 15 or 20 points in that game um, for us to, you know, win that game.
1: We saw him – Score 13 points against Notre Dame, and and prior to the Virginia Tech game, he would scored in double figures in six of his last eight games. Um, it seems like he's he's getting more aggressive, but it, as you said, then he goes out and only shoots five times against Virginia Tech. So, what what is it about him that is it because he's he's ultra unselfish, like he's too unselfish at times, or what is it about him that he's reluctant at times to try and look for his own shot?
2: I think he's you know very unselfish kid, and he's looking to be a facilitator more so than a, a scorer um and that's just his game uh, but at times he has to understand that this team needs him to score the ball and we're going to need him to score the ball and in certain situations he's been scoring the ball so um you know against Virginia Tech he was looking to make more plays which you know as you know in that game we needed him to you know score more and look at the basketball so uh he'll get better
3: over the last two games, it seems like Quincy's really stepped up and and you know been more more comfortable and confident in in what he was doing. Um, when when you see him play and and you know do well on the boards and and have a scoring threat inside for you, um, you know what what does that bring to the table if he's gonna play that way in the way he has the last couple of games?
2: Yeah, that, that gives us a guy that's giving us two point baskets, which we desperately lead you know uh, giving us a physical presence uh in and around the basket so uh you know we need Quincy to uh, come in and and uh, play the role of you know getting the ball to the basket and when you got your opportunities you know to shoot the ball from three you know you take it we we need him to be aggressive uh and you know the last couple of games he's been really aggressive for us
1: what has led to his improved play was it you know, is it is it just reps? Is it is it simply just minutes on the floor where he's able to kind of work through his mistakes? Um, you know, is it is it mental? Is it physical? What you know, what has allowed him to to really take his his performance to the next level the last couple of weeks?
2: I think he has a better understanding of his role, a better understanding of what is needed from him uh, and and what this team needs, especially when he comes in the game. And uh, I think right now he's uh, confident in that role. And, uh, you know, and it stemmed from practice. He had his best practices leading up to uh, when he turned it around and started playing well. So uh, practice, it starts in practice for him and, and getting the confidence. And then once he get out there, getting the reps out there, uh, which yeah, he's been doing um, a great job of.
3: Was that something that, that you could see coming, in, in a way, because of what he was doing in practice? Did you did you expect it to click when it did, given what he had been doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, we expect this from him since the summertime. Uh, he played great in uh, uh, Italy, excuse me, uh, in the practices leading up to Italy. Uh, so, um you know, we know he has it in him, and uh, hopefully, he can continue to, you know, be be that guy and, and help this basketball team because we definitely need him to be to be in good and confident out there.
1: We saw him play 24, 25 minutes the other night against Virginia Tech. We know that you know the Hokies are a little bit undersized; They're, they don't have a lot of uh, of beef down low. Uh, this next team you're facing in Virginia, they do have size. They've got a couple of uh, of seven footers. Is it going to be tougher for him to find minutes against a team like that? Because theoretically, that would involve Marek at the five, and then he's at the four. Is it is it, is it harder for him to find minutes against a, a team that's bigger?
2: No, he's going to need to play, and he's going to play. Um, I, I think moving forward, I think coaches, you know, confident in him and, and knowing that he knows his role and know you know what he needs to do out there. Uh, he's going to play, regardless of what lineup we have out there with him. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it don't it doesn't matter.
1: Sorry doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And you know, we we know that they're big. They don't they don't shoot the three as well as they did certainly last year and I mean that's you know, I'm not breaking any news there. They had, you know, t- t- Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter. I mean, they had some offense on the team last year. They're not as good offensively uh, this year, but they do have the size down low. Do you, do you play them defensively? You don't have to give away any trade secrets, but but do you do you go about playing this particular Virginia team a little bit defensively, you know, different defensively than maybe you did last year's because they had all those shooters?
2: Yeah, they, I mean, last year, you know, you had to get out on the shooters, and and we knew that the zone, we had to expand the zone out a little bit. Sure. Uh, and and we had a great guy inside, in Pascal, who can man, you know, who can hold the four down, so to speak, uh, inside. Whereas to now, um, you know, they don't have the shooters that they had, so you know, we can play it a little bit tighter, and, and try to keep the ball. You know from getting into the interior of our you know of our defense uh and that'll be the biggest part because that's the, that's their strength um and um we got to try to you know keep it out of there, and, and, and you know make them take tough contested shots and hopefully we can rebound and you know get out and try to score easily against them
3: you know much like i'm sure when other teams are playing you and getting ready to play you they you talk about virginia's defense um and that it's unique and a little bit different. Does it help, given that it's a relatively young team, a team that doesn't maybe have the experience um, against these opponents? That they've seen Virginia once, and they they can kind of recall, like, okay, we we've done this, we've seen what happens in these scenarios.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, going against them again, you know, now and you can you, you know you, you can say to especially the young guys is like remember they did this and this is how they play this and 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 they and they have a a vision but also too they 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 know uh what 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 happened the first game so um yeah it it helps to play you know the second time but you know when you go up against virginia it it doesn't matter they are pain in the butt regardless of what so
1: yeah and and we saw that opening you guys scored 34 points uh you know they didn't play all that well either especially offensively only scoring 48 I, i'm sure you guys have gotten better since then they've gotten better I, in what ways do you feel like your team has improved since that opening game to to where you are now
2: uh, you know again roles have been defined uh, guys are comfortable in their roles uh, you know we're not playing as many guys uh, uh, guys are you know looking for one another we're sharing the ball a lot more uh, so we're, we're a different team, uh, and, and I think defensively we've done some good stuff, uh, you know, since then. So hopefully we can, uh, you know, uh, execute the game plan and, and uh, maybe score a couple more points than we did last time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, you mentioned roles being defined for for our listeners that, that maybe haven't played basketball at a high level that that don't know what that means. Why is that so important? That guys. Know what's expected out of them night in and night out.
2: Yeah, because then you know you 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 know your team can function smoothly, uh, and you don't want a guy that's not shooting the ball well shooting the ball all the time. You know, hey, listen, you know you're not shooting the ball well. Hey, drive the ball, make something happen at the basket. Uh, it's it's very important too because I mean your team functions different, you know, and uh, uh, you can coach them differently and and, and and start to worry about you know. Other things like what the other th- your opponent is doing more so than, you know, what you need to do. You know, that, that stuff is already in. You, know, you just got to concentrate on what you need to do to win the game.
1: So, in other words, it's kind of like guys don't have to worry about fighting for minutes. They kind of know, all right, this is what I can expect. If I go right. do my job, this right. is the amount of time I'm going to get, and I got
2: to
3: go in and, and it's, it's, it's such do a comfort, this and that.
2: Yeah, it's a comfort level, right. too. Yeah, guys are comfortable, and they can just go out there and just just play.
3: You know, one of the one of the guys who you mentioned that you're playing fewer guys, one of the guys who hasn't been playing recently, and part of it due to an injury, is, is Jesse Edwards. Um, you know, curious with, with you working with him every day. You know, what, what do you see with Jesse as um, he develops in practice and, and what he can, you know, potentially bring maybe later this year, maybe next year as a center?
2: Yeah, you know, the one thing Jesse has been very good in practice in terms of, you know, his attitude and just, you know, trying to learn as much as possible, getting a lot stronger. Uh, Jesse's a... Very good, skilled, big guy. You know, he just got to, you know, kind of catch up, especially defensively in terms of, you know, the rotations and, you know, what he needs to do in certain situations. So uh, Andy's learning, and um, he'll, he'll be fine. He's doing, a, doing an excellent job.
1: All right, we do need to take a timeout. 315 437 76 44. about halfway home here on The Alan Griffin Show. Phone, lo- phone lines remain open. It's Stephen Fozzie, Seth Goldberg, Alan Griffin with you up until 1 o'clock. And then Seth and I will take you through the second hour of Orange Nation from 1 until 2. We're coming to you live from Attilio's on James. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.
0: On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. High off the glass. Pretty good move by Alan Griffin, the sophomore out of Brooklyn. Live from Matilio's Restaurant and Bar on James Street, this is The Alan Griffin Show, presented by Davidson, Ford, and Clay. Griffin will hit. Chance for a three-point play. Stephen
1: Fonzie, Seth Goldberg, Alan Griffin back with you at Attilio's on James. It's the Alan Griffin Show. Full lines are open at 315-437-7644. We've got Griff for another half hour, and then Seth and I will take you through the second hour of Orange Nation from 1 until 2 o'clock. You look at the ACC last night, Griff. uh, Georgia Tech had Duke on the ropes until the very end of that game. If you just saw the final score, it, it You wouldn't have thought the game was all that close. It was like a two-point game with two minutes left, and Duke made a lot of free throws at the end and and ended up winning by eight or nine. Uh, North Carolina loses to Pittsburgh last night. Is Is this just kind of what we can expect from the ACC the rest of the season that, again, you've got... Three or four really good teams in this conference, but it seems like everybody else is just kind of on on equal footing. Is that is that kind of a fair assessment?
2: Oh, definitely. Um, you know, you got Louisville. You know, Duke is one of those teams. Florida State. Uh, Florida I think is State there, is yeah. very good. You know, and And Virginia, Virginia, Uh, and then everybody else is everybody else. You know, even think about Virginia went to BC, and that's right. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's going to be that type of year for the league, just because of you know it's a lot more parity in the league, Um, uh, and and, uh, you know, and and the league is young. Um, when you think about it The, the league is very young uh, and, the, and the better teams are the older teams in our league right now So uh, that's we're going to see that every night um, And anybody can be anybody
3: is it is it strange to see North Carolina kind of in this same position and, and same boat that you are? I mean, they've had some injuries and, and some some issues there as well. But you know, obviously, Hall of Fame head coaches—they're off to an eight and seven start, one and three in the league. It's it's kind of, you know it's kind of strange to see both both of those teams in, in that position.
2: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be you know when you lose a great player like uh, Cole Anthony. You know, things change. I mean, it, it, I mean, with your team, and you got to figure some stuff out. I mean, these guys are not in the Hall of Fame for nothing. You know, for us losing ties Battle, you know it. it Uh, O'Shea Brissett. I mean, it's just what it is, you know. And, uh, you know, these guys will make adjustments. That's why they get paid the big bucks and uh, and, and they in the Hall of Fame.
1: I'm going to jump in there and take a break from the SU Basketball Talk for a moment. You just mentioned Brissett. And uh, they just showed Toronto Raptors highlights on ESPN on one of the big screen TVs here at Attilio's. On James. How about O'Shea the other night? Uh, Two nights ago, 12 points, career high for him. Um, He's... He's made a role for himself, carved out a nice role. He's taken advantage of some injuries with the Raptors. But uh, I tell you what, he's like I said, he's carved out a nice role for himself this year.
2: Yeah, you know O'Shea, we always knew O'Shea had potential um, to, to doing you know, what he did the other night in, in the NBA. Um, we just didn't think it was going to happen this soon. But it was great for him. Uh, we were happy for him.
1: Uh,
2: you know, he's playing against Melo that day and uh you know mellow hit the game winner so it was a, a big thing for syracuse it was great
1: I, I don't know how much of that game you saw but we saw vintage mellow in that game uh and i'm sure you didn't see it live because you guys were in action as it was taking place but i don't know if you saw the highlights he had 10 points in the fourth quarter had the game winner as you mentioned uh as they were able to edge toronto 101 99 um are you surprised that i think we all believe Mello had something left in the tank are you surprised how good he's been though
2: no, I mean, he's a great player I mean, he's a Hall of Fame guy uh, No, we, we, Everybody knew Melo can do what he's doing uh, For whatever reason, you know, none of the teams would, would take a chance on him And now, you know, now is uh, making Portland look very smart you know, he's and, like their yeah. second
1: best player. Oh, yeah, after sitting out a year, that, I mean that. I I, I thought he was going to be, you know, pr- like pretty good. Like I mm. thought, you know, oh, he, he'll get some minutes, and maybe he comes off the bench. I mean, he's, he's like their second best player, though. Yeah. I, that surprised me. I, I'm surprised that you know he's putting up 28 points and hitting game winners and. <laughs> Uh, I've been very impressed, Steve. You know, that,
3: I'm surprised.
2: Yeah, Steve, that that comes naturally to a guy like him, putting the ball in the hole. That's what he is. That's what he does. He's a professional scorer. That's what. That's what. That's what he's doing. He's just doing what he's been doing for all his life, pretty much in basketball.
3: You know, you mentioned before you you were a little surprised. You, you knew that O'Shea had the potential to go ahead and, and do some big things, but maybe you didn't expect it to be, you know, now. Uh, you know, maybe maybe next year or down the road. Um, uh, it you know I don't want to say it doesn't happen often, but but are there guys that all of a sudden they'll go and they'll be playing professionally and just surprise you at at just how good they are, given you know what whether you coach them or coached against them what you saw?
2: Yeah, definitely. think about the team down in Miami uh, the, the kid from Michigan uh,
3: Duncan Robinson Duncan
2: Robinson, no one thought that he was going to be as good as he is, and then on that same team. The, uh, the lefty from, uh, from Chicago, uh, he went to uh, one of the schools in Michigan that we played. Uh,
3: uh, uh, none. None. Think about what he's doing.
2: You know, like he, I mean, he's going neck and neck for rookie of the year. Uh, so... Um, yeah, it, it's, it's phenomenal how these guys, you know, sometimes it just takes one person to believe in you and one organization, and, and you can just take off and run with it.
1: You know, you said it right there that sometimes it just takes one person to believe in you. I, you know, all of these guys that go to the NBA or go to the G League, they've got talent. Like, we know Tyus Battle has talent. Yeah. A, a lot of it comes down to opportunity as well. Oh, and, and O'Shea didn't have the opportunity when the season started for various reasons opportunity arose he was given the opportunity and now he's making the most of it but you know i we see a lot of guys who, who never get that opportunity they go they don't go to the right situation i know coach Beheim has said it for years when you, you talk about where's a guy going to go in the draft or, or where does he translate so much of it depends on his success in the next level depends on the team he lands with right well,
2: definitely the organization and the plan that they have for you Uh, Sometimes some of these organizations just kind of take a player. They have to take a player. And sometimes, you know, an organization will take a specific player for a specific reason. And uh, the one great thing about O'Shea Landon uh, uh, with Toronto is is that, you know, he's a Canadian kid, uh, which uh, they have very, you know, high interest in. You know, the coach helps with the uh, Canadian national team, which O'Shea spent time with. So there's a plan for O'Shea in uh, in toronto and and that's what's been, that's why he's benefiting from uh, a lot of things right now and, and him being in that situation
1: and imagine that that, that that helped his cause the fact that he spent all that time with him over oh, yeah. the summer that, that you know he played yeah. for him and kind of got to know his coaching style and and nick nurse got a chance to to know o'shea brissette's uh playing style and they got to know each other personally and so yeah. on and so forth i imagine that that yeah. had to help oh definitely big time
3: yeah, I was, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, when you're when you're with a guy for a couple of months, you you get to know him pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I think it, what you said there, the distinction you made is pretty interesting. Some guys are taking, some teams are taking guys because they have to. Some guys are looking at it and saying, "Oh no, we need that stretch four. We need that, you know, guard that to lead our team." Whereas others are maybe just saying. Well, we could probably use a point guard. So, like, well, we'll take this guy. Uh, You know, and, and, you know, I use point guard as an example. Like, did Tyler Ennis get drafted to a team that had three point guards already? You know, and and all of a sudden you're in a tough situation. Mm. Um, how, How much do you talk to that about? Talk to kids about that when, when they're going through that decision saying hey uh you know be kind of you know be wary yeah it's it's great to go and get and, and play professionally and and get paid and, and do that whole thing but you could end up in a in a tough situation
2: yeah definitely you, you try to you know give advice all the time to the ones that want their advice you know some some of these guys they just they don't want to hear it you know they just gun hole and playing in, in the nba and that's it uh, and some guys take their advice uh, of, you know, and, and, and sometimes, too, uh, fellas, like, you don't have no control over it, uh, where you go. Uh, and, and, uh, and that's the hard part about it. But, you know, you just got to put your head down and just work, 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 and hopefully you, you get the opportunity.
1: How important is it for you guys as a program for, you know, guys who leave and go to the pros to have success? I mean, how much do you benefit when O'Shea goes and plays well or, you know, Melo's back in the league now and doing things or, you know, Dion when when he was, you know, playing meaningful minutes and and making plays uh, for, for the Heat? How much does that help you as a program and help you in the recruiting world?
2: Oh, huge. Huge because you know all these guys that you're recruiting, they want to be that next guy. So and we can kind of have a reference and say, "Hey, listen, did you see you know O'Shea last night playing with Toronto, score 12 points? You know, come to Syracuse, that can be you. <laughs> you know, type of stuff. Right? You know. Uh, but uh, it just is great, you know, for the program, and, and, and um, we need more guys like that.
3: Yeah, and it's it's interesting. You guys have put guys in the NBA. Seemingly every every year, and so you you have to imagine that it, that factors in. Um, you know when when you look at i'm curious also about the looking at the overseas stuff you know we mentioned pascal in a a break and uh, you know i know trevor trevor cooney played for a while overseas and and um, there are opportunities to go play outside of here in the nba and and the g league um what do you tell guys about that and, and how much do you talk to guys about playing overseas or or when guys come to you about like going professional is it is it strictly kind of hey they want to go to the nba and that's what you guys are focusing on
2: yeah, I mean, every, every guy's dream, especially when they come to a place like Syracuse, is to play in the NBA. But, there's some guys and some kids are realistic, too, about their situation, and, and they talk about, you know, playing overseas, and, you know, we try to say, hey, listen, keep a job, go out there, get a job, earn money, and, you know, earn, you know, um, and, and, and set yourself up for, you know, for life, uh, playing basketball you know, playing and doing the thing that you love the most. So, you know, you kind of give advice. I, I played overseas for a year, and, you know, Red, you know, Coach Ortree played over there forever. Uh, Jerry had experiences over there. So we can give any kid any experience, you know, give a give them our experiences over there and, and, and let them take, you know. Uh, we're just talking to John Gillen the other day. He's overseas playing, and, you know, and he's having a great experience. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, The advice that we give these kids, uh, we just try to give them from that we would give our own kids,
1: you know. How is basketball and the, the professional basketball world overseas different than it is in America? Aside from like the language barrier, if you're in a different country that, that speaks a different language, but aside from that aspect of it, what's the biggest challenge for these guys when they go overseas? Uh, you know, compared to you know making that transition opposed to playing professional ball here in, in America,
2: it's a little different style. You know, especially you know I can speak from my experience um, the game when I played over there, I didn't expect it to be as physical as it is. Um, it's a very physical game over there. Uh, and, um, it's not as athletic in terms of vertically, uh, but, um, you got good athletes and, and good players and, um, you know, in, 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 this, in, in terms of the, not a lot of one-on-one either. Uh, it's a lot more, you know, pass, ball movement, player movement type, you know, type deal. So, uh, those are some of the things I experienced when I did.
1: All right, we got about 15 minutes left in the Alan Griffin Show. Phone lines are open if you want to check in and ask a question to Griff at 315-437-7644. We're going to take a timeout. We'll wrap things up, wrap up the hour right after this on ESPN Radio.
0: On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Pretty good move by Alan Griffin, the sophomore out of Brooklyn. Live from Attilio's Restaurant and Bar on James Street, this is the Alan Griffin Show, presented by Davidson, Ford, and Clay. Griffin will hit! chance for a three-point play!
1: We're back with you live at Tilios on James. Stephen, Fonti, Alan Griffin, Seth Goldberg with you for another 10 minutes or so. And then Seth and I will take you through our number two of Orange Nation from 1 until 2 o'clock. Uh, Griff, we've got... Uh Sports Center on uh, one of the the many TVs here at Attilio's, and uh, as I look up, I'm I'm watching North Carolina Pittsburgh highlights and uh, Roy many Williams, TVs and he caused and quite a stir with with what he said. I wanted to get your your thoughts on his comments before the game, and then again, we saw them go out and lose last night to Pittsburgh at home by eight. Uh, we're gonna play the the sound bite for you right here. So Tommy, go ahead and uh, and roll the uh, the sound from yesterday of Roy Williams. It's probably i don't think i'd say probably it's the least gifted team i've ever coached in the time that i've been back here and so if
0: you're going to be like that you got to bring your a game even though your a game may not even be an a game you got to bring your best game to play on game day
1: he's taking some heat uh for that comment uh, i'm sure he was trying to use it as a motivational tool and then i guess it didn't work they they go out at home last night and, and lose to pittsburgh um your thoughts, I guess, on your reaction to, to hearing Roy say that about his team, and um, and then again they, they go out and fall last night.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, just listening to it now, I, I kind of understand, you know, where he was coming from. I, I think if probably he probably used some different words, different wording in terms of to express. You know, you know his team uh, this year's team, but you know to, to be honest, they only missing one player. That's a really good player. He's a good player. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good player. But you know they are missing you know one good player, and, and sometimes you know you you go you go through uh, this this type of stuff. Uh, but I think Coach Williams probably would use another word, another wording, uh, and and um, and at the end of the day. Uh, I don't. I, as a player, I can see where I can take offense to it just a little bit. Uh, but as a coach, you know, you know when you in that, when you're in the trenches and you you start to think things through, you kind of see um, <clears throat> how can I put this? You got to see, you know what you have and what you used to have. You you're like, oh my God, yeah, you know. But um, again, maybe you know, coach would go back and change the wording. If he could go back, he would want to change the wording, but um, it is what it is now.
3: So that's one of those situations that you view very differently if you're the player versus the coach.
1: Definitely. 100%. I feel yeah. like I'm sure worse things have been said in practice. What? Right? I mean, it's just like he said
3: it publicly. Right.
1: Said right. it right. Shows, right. So it's like, well, how could he say that publicly? But, right? I mean, you're trying to motivate kids all the time, and, and everybody knows it's not personal. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like this is one of those things that if he said, he probably has said that at practice oh, to yeah. their face, right. and it's fine. It was just that he said it publicly, and it maybe rubs some people the wrong way.
2: Definitely. Definitely, uh, and 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 the one thing about it is, is that when it's public, you know, you just it, it, people take your words and twist it and make you uh, uh, feel you know, feel like they like you're somebody different than what it's just it's just bad all over the, you know, when especially when you do it publicly, and uh, that's why you got to watch what you say all the time. But you know, this era of kids and and and, and, um, and this era of sports period is is very sensitive um yeah you know if, if that was said when i played you know i would be it, it would be more motive. you know Motivational to me because I would be like, you know what, I'm gonna go out here and show Coach Williams that we can still get it done, you know. And I think that's why he, I think that's why he said it.
1: We just had the anniversary yeah. of my favorite quote of all yes. time from Jim Baylor. Right. Uh, which one was that? <laughs> which one was that? There's, uh, there's so many good ones. It was uh, the we want to get. Well, I don't know the exact I'll quote. The gonna I'll call it up. It, it was up. essentially we, we need to try to get Chris McCullough to play bad because bad would be an
3: improvement. He said
1: that. He said that at a press conference. That is is my favorite Coach Mayhame quote of all time. Yeah,
3: and we, we just celebrated the anniversary we the can't, other day. We can't get Chris McCullough to play bad; it'd be a step up from where Yeah, he is. Right,
1: <laughs> that's classic. That coach.
3: is classic, right? That's Classic. Right? Coach. That's
2: that's perfect. Yeah, and you know, and sometimes you know, like everybody, you know, those coaches they get they get frustrated, and they and they are frustrated because they know what it takes they they seen winning basketball, regardless of whatever team that they have. And especially when you are dealing with a team that's not as talented as, you know, the team before, you know, certain teams can, you know, take a practice off and still go out there and win a game just of a pure talent alone. Whereas too when you got a team that can't do that and, and trying to, you got to make them understand that everything counts. Uh, you know, every possession and practice, everything, you know, it counts. And and, and in order for us to be a good team, we got to understand that. And and sometimes we get frustrated because, you know, some some kids don't understand that or, or take your word for it. And 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 it takes, you know losing a Pittsburgh at home for them to understand that you know and 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 those coaches they try to avoid that by you know by saying certain things you know like what coach Williams said
3: so you're as a player you know if if that's said about you you're you're taking that as a challenge and and you're going to go out and try to and prove them wrong and and it's a motivating factor
2: definitely it's not personal you know, it's, it's, it's never personal, uh, especially with Coach. And Coach was very hard on me when I was in school here, very hard. I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it, very hard. But it, from day one, it was always an understanding. I, I, I You know, Coach Hop sat me down and was like, listen, the one thing I'm going to tell you is this, it's never personal with Coach. You know, is you know he's gonna ride you because he he knows that you know you can't do the same things Jason Harder. You know, Jason was different talent than you. You you got to do certain things this way because this is what's needed for for you f- for this team, and, and this is what's you gonna this is how you're gonna be successful in college. You know, playing college basketball, and and once I was sat down and told that. It was it was great. We we have a great understanding. Coach rodney now to this day, <laughs> I, you know it's, it's, it's never personal, and, and it's it, you know it's, it's coaching. It's just who he is, you know, and uh, you know you got to kind of get past that. But you know sometimes it's just so it's, it's so sensitive out there. Guys are so sensitive. It's it's, it's, uh, it's disgusting sometimes.
1: Let, let me ask you this: Be honest. When you were playing for Coach Beheim, did you ever think in a million years you'd be you'd be working? for him someday it was always a dream of mine is that right Definitely.
2: I knew I wanted to coach and uh, it was always a dream of mine and uh, when I got the call you know I was it was a dream come true for me uh, you know I, I knew that at some point I was going to get back here coaching. I didn't know it was going to either be with coach or hop or whoever I just knew that I was going to get back here my, I was gonna make it happen, you know. But you know, when I got the call back from coach, it was just a dream come true. Always knew that I wanted to coach under him at some point.
3: Has it been what you thought it was gonna be? No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it's actually better to be honest. Um, you know, I I, I told the story when I first got back. You know, the one the the, the the best thing I heard, the best advice I heard, or the best thing I heard from coach, which helped me become a better coach, uh, was he said to me, he said. In his own way, he said, he said, when I first went for the job, when Rob, before Rob Murphy got the job, he said, Al, I'm too old to teach a guy to be an assistant coach. And it kind of resonated. So I knew I had to go out there and experience certain things on my own before I was able to take a job like this or or be successful at a job like this. And, and you know, that's one of the best advices that I ever had, especially in my in my coaching career, and it was great.
1: We're running short here on time, but let's look ahead to Saturday's trip to Charlottesville. You know, we touched on it earlier in the show. It's a team you've already seen. What stands out to you about Virginia? They obviously just lost the other night to Boston College. Uh, but, but given... You know, the fact that they're still in the top 20. You know this is going to be a difficult game. The pack line defense. What, what can you tell us about Virginia as you get set to, to, you know, for this rematch against the Caps?
2: You know, watching that game uh, against Boston College, the, the, the one thing that stood out is is that Boston College hit some unbelievable shots. They play out of their minds, and uh, which is good for them. Uh, but Virginia is always going to make it tough they don't beat themselves. You got to go out there and beat them. Um, uh, And and by beating them, you got to make shots. Uh, and sometimes those shots are contested shots, but you got to make shots, and you know, and see
1: what happens there. All right, big opportunity for you guys to go on the road and, and pick up a, a much-needed win in Charlottesville on Saturday. Griff, thanks for the hour. Always a pleasure talking to you. We'll uh, we'll do it again next week. All right, see you guys next week. All right, there he is, Alan Griffin. We're going to take a timeout. Seth and I will kick off hour number two of Orange Nation right after this. Live from Atilio's on James. You're listening to ESPN Radio.